The sun is like a golden lamp that shines so wide and tall. No one can turn it off and on or blow it out at all. High in the sky, it keeps me warm and strange as this may be, a thousand sunshine vitamins slip right inside of me. But God sent forth a greater light that blinded eyes might see. He sent his son to my dark heart. Oh, may he shine through me. Good morning, Bethel. As we gather to worship our Lord this morning, Pastor is going to be bringing the word again to talk about the freedom that we have in Christ. So let's begin today. If you're able to stand and let's sing together Victory in Jesus. thank uh, Matt Fisher and his family for providing the songs and worship for us today. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, we'd like to invite you this evening at 3518 Rose of Sherrod Road here in Durham for a service in the parking lot. You stay in your car and uh, we'll provide the music and uh, brief uh, speaking and so you're invited at 5 o'clock this afternoon here at 3518 Rose of Sharon Road. 
Again, thank you for joining with us wherever you are in your living room, maybe your kitchen, you have a cup of coffee or hot tea or whatever you're doing today. Thank you so much for joining with us. Last Sunday, uh, we talked about freedom and how precious freedom is. Many have given their lives that uh, we might be free, that they might be free. And it is a very precious word, but more than that, it is a very precious life to live in freedom, to live in liberty. And what I'd like to do this morning is, is continue this subject, but let's look at last week's study. We looked at the first step of freedom is recognizing areas where we are imprisoned. Understand something, where there is a problem, hope begins with acknowledging the problem. If... Uh, there's tension in your home, tension in your life. If uh, there, is, there are concerns and conflicts in your family, then Houston, we have a problem. There's a problem there. So the first thing to do is recognize, I have a problem. The second thing that we do is uh, understand Christian freedom is being free from guilt it is being free from the power of sin. It is certainly being free from the wrath of God. And I like this, the tyranny of Satan himself. Uh, and then we looked at the source of freedom. Pastor, you're talking about freedom. What is the source of freedom? How can I enjoy freedom? Now, I may be speaking to some that today that you may have uh, changed. They may be invisible. But you have change in your life, spiritual change. How can I be free? First of all, the truth of God. Jesus Christ is true. Uh, Pilate asked Jesus, he said, what is truth? And I find in our culture today, our society today, people are wondering, what is truth? Truth is more than just each person, him or herself, having truth in themselves. It is more than situ the situational truth, whatever the situation is, whatever the person is. No, truth, my friend, is second of all, having a relationship with Jesus Christ. The only way that you and, cannot, you and I can have truth is through and by Christ because the Son of God is truth and provides truth for us and provides freedom for us. And then thirdly, the Holy Spirit, Second Chronicles, I love this verse, 317 tells us where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we need to understand in this study that God gives us the freedom to either accept the, uh, that freedom. He gives us the liberty to either reject it or accept it. And then, so I, I hope as we go through this study today that you'll understand that the decision is yours. But there are consequences to your decision. There's a responsibility on your part to do it. Now, uh, let's look at the nation of Israel because I think it's important to understand how they were an example for us. And as we understand what happened to Israel, they were over 400 years, as most of us know, uh, in bondage to the nation of Israel. 400, someone says 430 years, 
But they were over 400 years in bondage. They prayed. God sent a deliverer, Moses, to set them free. Somewhat, and this is, people, they're different on this, but somewhat between two and three million people came out of Egypt, headed for the promised land, going towards Canaan. So number one, we have freedom, or from slavery, to freedom. They were slaves in Egypt. The ancient Israel uh, was called out of Egypt and led through the wilderness to the promised land. Now, Egypt is a type of bondage. Canaan is a type of freedom. As we look at the analogy here, it's very important we understand the steps that they took, the battles that they uh, endured, and certainly how they overcome that you and I might fight the same battles have the same freedom eventually that the children of Israel enjoy. God's people today are called out of modern spiritual Egypt, which is symbolic of confusion. That bondage is a, a symbolic certainly of darkness, and they were led through the wilderness, but they overcame eventually, eventually after years with joy. And you can do the very same thing. God's calling us out of Egypt, out of our spiritual bondage. And he's calling us to the promised land where the Bible speaks of it as flowing with milk and honey. And we can be free. So we have from slavery to freedom. Second, the journey of freedom. Uh, and we're going to learn some lessons as we watch and, and study their journey from Egypt to Canaan land. Escaping from Egypt was only the first half of the Exodus. Now, people don't understand that. There is a verse that's found in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 12, and this is when Moses was spoken to by God or an angel on the backside of the desert, and there was the burning bush, and listen to what God says. He said, I will certainly be with you, Moses, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. So they were not only to come out of Egypt, they were not only to be led into freedom, but they were supposed and they were challenged and they were commanded and they were encouraged to serve the Lord God. Of Israel, So it's important that we do that. The purpose of, of Israel's deliverance from Egypt's bondage was that they might serve God and keep his law. I love the writer of Psalms in chapter 105, Psalms 105. Listen to how it reads. He opened the rock and water gushed out. This is speaking of the time when they were going through the wilderness. It ran in the dry places like a river, for he remembered his holy promise God did to Abraham, his servant. He brought out his people with joy, his chosen ones with gladness. Verse 44 of Psalms 105, he gave them the lands of the Gentiles and they inherited the labor of the nations. And then in verse 45, listen to what he says, that they might observe his statutes and keep his law. So not only are we to come out of bondage, 
Not only are we to come out of Egypt, we are first of all to serve God. That's why we're here. That's why you're here, is to serve God. And then we're here to keep his laws, to obey what he says. You say, Pastor, that's bondage, that's liberty. Everybody is going to serve somebody. You're either going to serve Satan or God. And the important thing is to learn that God brought us from bondage. He set us free that you and I might first serve God and secondly keep his commandments. Very important. The power of God, listen to this, by which God would free his people enslaved in Egypt, you and I have that same power by which he will set you free. God called Israel from serving Pharaoh that he might serve, that they might serve uh, God. Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 through 18. Listen, this is describing them as they went through the wilderness. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had led the people, let the people go rather, that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. He didn't leave them straight. So that brings us to number three, the path to freedom. The path to freedom. The path to freedom may not be the straight line in which we expect. We expect it to be easy. We expect it to be no mountains to climb. We expect it to be no problems. But God didn't lead Israel that way. Neither is he going to lead you and I that way when we come to know him. There's, there are temptations. Sometimes there are troubles. Sometimes there's pain and heartache. But the important thing is to understand that God was certainly with them. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So as God was with Israel, as God led Moses, God is with us today, his spiritual Israel, his spiritual children. He's with us today to lead us, to comfort us, to provide for us. And sometimes you and I can experience the great outpouring of his Holy Spirit, the miracles that are manifested because of this power. It was a cloud by day and a fire by night. We don't see a cloud. We don't see fire. But you and I know when we receive Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes on the inside. And through our obedience to him, through our uh, following him, the Holy Spirit is personal he leads us, he guides us, he gives us power, certainly, to overcome. The path to freedom has a nice sound to it, and we fully expect this path to be well marked, to be straight, 
and to be level. Often, it is not. <clears throat> Why, pastor, would God allow these things to happen to his people, to the church? I think he's teaching us something. As Israel was going through the wilderness, God taught them a lot. As Israel followed God in obedience to him, I think he showed them many things. And we're going to look at some of those things, the great miracles that took place. Water from the rock, manna from heaven, all of these things. God wants to show you miracles. But the important thing about this, God wants you to be Christ-like. He wants you to take on his character. And we do that by sometimes by climbing a mountain, sometimes by suffering. Some of my closest walks to God has been when I suffer. I don't like it, but it happens. And this is the reason that God does this. We have that same power. We have his same presence, and we have his same direction. Are you, are you wondering where you're at right now? Are you looking for direction? You can find it through and by the word of God and the spirit of God. It's important. The purpose of the Exodus is not, is not just for Israel to find deliverance from serving the old master. It is for them to find delight in serving the new one. It is wonderful. Can I tell you this with all of my heart? It is wonderful to have a relationship with God and to serve him and to follow him. There's nothing like it in this world. And so this is, we, we learn this. So we have from slavery to freedom. We have the journey to freedom. And then we have the path to freedom. And finally, freedom to serve God. Pastor, how can I, how can I learn to serve God? Well, as we look at Israel and their journey, we look at the books of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and all these books elaborate on the freedom to serve the Lord, and it, he shows us through that example what serving God looks like in practice. What does it mean? And we're going to be talking about that. And God gives instructions, and he shows us. As we take this journey, we will examine a future in which our freedom is challenged by external enemies and certainly enemies from within. There is a verse that the Apostle Paul writes over in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11. I want to read it with two translations. I like the New King James Version. Here's what it said. Now all of these things happened to them as examples that they were written for our admonition for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come to teach us who live in these last days. So as God led Israel, he leads us today. As God instructed Israel, he instructs us today. Now listen at the living translation, 1 Corinthians 10 and 11. All these things happen to them as examples, as object lessons to us. It's good for us to learn. I mean, sometimes learning is not an easy process. So I'd rather find out that a stove is hot 
rather than touching that stove and experiencing the burn. And a lot of people are experiencing the burn before, rather than just sit down, know God, know, know Jesus Christ, know his word, be led by the Holy Spirit, and he leads you away from those things. He gives you power during those things, times. All these things happen to them as examples, as object lessons to warn us against doing the same things. If you do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. So God teaches us to take another route, to take another journey that were written down so that we could read about them and learn from them in these last days as the world nears its end. There is no question, and I think if you ask any believer that stays in touch and has their finger on the pulse of what's happening today, I think if you would ask, we know that we're living in the last days. Jesus Christ, I believe, is coming back again. And it's important that you and I are able to know what he says. Understand something. You're set free, number one, to serve God. Number two, to follow his laws, to understand. And therefore, for your and my good. You say, Pastor, you're speaking of laws in the same breath of, uh, of freedom? Can you imagine going out on the street today and not having laws concerning traffic? Can you imagine getting to an intersection not having a stoplight, no officer there to direct. Can you imagine what would happen with no speed limit signs? And God gives us these signs. He gives us direction for your and my safety. He said, oh, he puts us in bondage. Not so. Those things free us. So when we have the, the laws for uh, the highway, we're free. I can get here and go to California. I'm free. And the same way, way it is with knowing Jesus Christ, knowing and serving God, knowing and certainly keeping his law. Now, I'm closing with this. What will we, spiritual Israel, you and I, what will we do as we are traveling to Canaan? One of the inter interesting things, and I may deal with this next Sunday, is when Israel came to Kadesh Barnea, very interesting stay. It was 11-day journey from Canaan, Kadesh Barnea. Now, uh, it's, there are lessons to be learned there. It took them two years to go from Egypt to Kadesh Barnea. And there was a lot that happened to them. You might ask me, Pastor, why did Israel go 40 years in the wilderness? Well, we'll find out when we look at this story of Kadesh Barnea. So, will we allow the power that was with Israel, Moses, will we allow that power in our lives that will help us to go from victory to victory? I'm asking us today, you can make that decision. I said earlier that, that freedom has to do with choice. You have a choice today. You can decide, but it also has to do with responsibility and consequences. 
So you have a choice this morning. You can either say, hey, I want to accept Jesus Christ. I want to follow him. I want to have the power of God in my life. I want to have the cloud by day and the fire by night and the Holy Spirit to, to lead me and to guide me and to give me victory over every evil, over every temptation that comes my way. You can do that, but you must choose. You must choose to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You say, Pastor, how do you do that? How do you accept Jesus? You church folks talk about accepting Jesus Christ. Yes, it's very simple. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, that is salvation. We need to confess, confess our sins. Confess Christ, Lord, I've I, I come to you today. I don't know how to pray, but I don't even know if there is a God. I don't know if Jesus really hears me. He does, and there is a God. And we will hear you and answer you, forgive you of your sins, cleanse you from all unrighteousness, First John tells us. He'll do that. And that, my friend, he wants to do. And uh, if you can, where you are, Wherever you're sitting, wherever you are today, can you pray with me? Would you bow your head as we pray and believe God? And if you're not a believer, if you don't know Christ, if you never have accepted him, do that today as we join together in a moment of prayer. Now, Father, we thank you because you do hear us. We thank you because you do answer our prayers. And we pray that you would set at liberty those that are bound today, whatever their bondage might be. God, I know that the alcoholic says he can quit drinking any time, but we find out he can't. Whether it's drugs or alcohol or pride or unforgiveness or rebellion, whatever that bondage may be, maybe that chain is invisible. But I pray that you'd help us to be willing to say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. And I pray for every person under the sound of our voice that they will experience freedom in their heart and in their life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you.
As your glory fills the 